Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 300 of the Here We Are podcast. This is so exciting, so much fun. This episode is going to be different than any other episode of the podcast. Rather than interviewing a scientist, as I have done each week for the past six years, I'm going to do a solo episode, a new thing that I'm experimenting with, thinking maybe once a month I'll give a little bit of a background um, about myself until I kind of cover uh, enough of um, how I came to put this podcast together, the the sort of things that I'm into, uh, the, the bigger ideas and topics that I'm pursuing. Um, and thinking through in my consciousness exploration as I as I go uh, around and interview different academics in different fields, and uh, I just wanted to say thank you all so much for 300 episodes. Every single one of you listened to all 300 episodes. Some of you listened to them two or three times. You took notes. <laughs> you wrote. You wrote positive <laughs> reviews. Uh, I, there are for real. There's there's some people out there that have heard every episode of Here We Are. That's incredible. Holy cow! There, I've had people write me every single episode. Amazing. Wow. I I've never listened to an episode of my own podcast. I was there when they happened. But uh, but good on you, those, those that I've connected uh, with on on a level that just resonates uh, with you. That's so cool. Uh, this is such a different podcast and different kind of experience. And and I know just like uh, just like in in music, um, different genre. I've different albums, different artists, different genres that I listened. to. Uh, that I listen to when I'm in particular moods, and uh, the same thing happens uh, with podcasting. So, so to know that there's that there's people out there that committed that are subscribing, that are listening to every episode, super cool. And I wanted to give a little bit more of a background about me and about the show, and uh, and if it's something that if you're like, hey, I just want to hear. Uh, uh, the what the scientists have to say. I want to hear more about their research. Well, uh, don't you worry. First of all, awesome, awesome that you <laughs> that that you connect more with that. You're going to get all sorts of those episodes. There's going to be one out uh, later this week. I'm just going to be doing these solo episodes as a bonus in addition to the Here We Are podcast that would already be releasing each week. Once in a while, I'll stick one of these bonus solo episodes out, and I think it will give people a lot of background. It's also getting me out of my comfort zone. I've been wanting to do something like this for a while, just to give people a little more context and uh, a little more understanding of, of where I'm coming from and why I'm interested in the subjects that I'm in, interested in, what my biases are. And, uh, and I have been nervous about it. And I thought, this is the time. I've, I've, I, I, I've thought about it in episode 100, 150, 200, you know, di 
different periods of time uh, and that, that I've, I've thought about, like, well, let's just hear about me. And I just have been so scared to, because I, I love oversharing on the podcast, absolutely. When I can make myself vulnerable, when I can share something personal about myself, when we're talking about, say, childhood development, and I'm able to share a personal story about um, something that happened to me as a child when we're talking about depression, and I'm able to share some of the struggles that I've been through when we're talking about relationship stuff, and I'm able to share a fun anecdote about a, 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 one of my exes or something like that, and some disagreement that we got in once that, that, um, uh, that makes the, the research resonate uh, a little bit more maybe a little bit more accessible and also uh, helps people uh, realize is one of the fun things about being a comedian and making yourself vulnerable is not only is it a wonderfully therapeutic experience for the most part um, and and sometimes challenging and hard to share uh, some of these things that that the the isn't really um, in the uh, in in the nature of the the sort of things that you don't hear in your um, regular nine to five workspace that might not be appropriate uh, to share or or even 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 things that a lot of times our own our own family uh, and friends maybe we can't share uh, different mental health um, things and and uh, comedians are in this really unique position where we kind of get valued uh, to share that stuff. And so I, I love doing stuff like that. Here, what makes me nervous is something like an autobiographical, like, listen to my triumph over this and that and how a, a young um, Midwestern how am I still referring to myself as young? Uh, uh, Midwestern bumpkin who never fit into the uh, standard school system in his upbringing was uh, able to uh, uh, go from factory work to a successful comedy career for a time and then and then uh, deviated from that gave it all up to pursue his interests, his curiosities, and understanding consciousness and life itself. And these kind of heroic, <laughs> the hero journeys uh, that, 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 uh, uh, that some people like hearing. I often, I often think that, uh, uh, that it's, it's, they can be a little self-indulgent. And, uh, and it just like makes me a little uncomfortable and a little embarrassed, um, to, uh, when, when you have to, especially as a comedian, you have to, uh, you have to write these bios and sell this. I was on Conan O'Brien. You got to do all of these things to put these little stamps of validation all over, all over the, you know, the marquee or whatever your, your sales pitch. You want to get people in the door. And at the end of the day, I find that stuff a little embarrassing if I'm being honest with you. But 
the reason why this could be really helpful for you to know a little bit more about me is because it might help you understand where I'm coming from when I'm doing these interviews, where I might have some real life experience that is really valuable that, that, uh, that perhaps uh, one of my academic guests is missing in much more commonly uh, the other way, where I probably have some bias of my uh, mine where I'm, I have some oversight um, that if you become a bit more aware of, then uh, then maybe you'll you'll see some of the the errors that I'm maybe uh, making in my misunderstanding of some of the information, and that will hopefully um, bring a clearer picture of of reality and some of the research and ideas that we're exploring um, to you if, if you know the many ways in which um, I'm I'm wrong essentially instead of instead of uh, uh, just thinking because I'm talking into a microphone I, I know what I'm talking about so a good example of this is say I had a you know I never fit into school Okay, so so this makes for this nice, uh, fun little autobiographical. Like uh, a, a journalist might amplify this, you know, like oh, this this guy who never fit in and didn't do well and and didn't do homework or pay attention and and skipped class and and did all these things and never had any interest in in even going to college, has now found himself going around to colleges, uh, getting a, 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 a perhaps a, um, a, 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 maybe even a, a greater or certainly at least longer <laughs> over the course of the next 20 years or so that I continue to do this I'll be getting a heck of an education more more than uh more than two to four or five years of, of the average um person's institution so that uh, 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 the average person's um you know academic studies or whatever especially if they abandon their uh degree and, and go into something else the point is that might make for a fun little narrative, a little, a fun little story to maybe get people to read an article um, uh, about uh, the two uh, two subjects that people don't care that much about: one, stand-up comedy or comedy generally, and two, science. Uh, so, sure, fun little story, right? Um, cool, cool little narrative, um, but. More importantly to me is that you understand that when, and more importantly to you, I would say, is that you understand that when I have someone on talking about, say, ADHD, has happened recently, and and they're like, well, a big part of school is the social uh, aspect of school, and I go, oh, hold on there, <laughs> that that that's a very convincing narrative to people that really gelled in school and did well in school and enjoyed school, the sorts of people that became scientists because they love school so much they wanted to stay in school their entire lives. Well, 
there's a lot of other people that had a whole different experience, including myself. And not only will um, that maybe help um, uh, uh, help you relate, you the listener, that might be one of those people, like me, that also didn't really like traditional organized education, but love educating yourself and and following your natural curiosity and really get a kick out of this show um, because I kind of bring this uh, this average show ish approach uh, or or whatever to um, to these these interviews right so that's one aspect of it but the other important aspect that I think it's uh, maybe even more critical for people to understand is that I'm incredibly biased. I'm uh, my, my years in, in school, school was like a prison to me. So I have this very dramatic reaction when thinking, which is also unfair and, and not, not really a, a full picture of, especially as much as school has perhaps advanced in the last 20 to 30 years. And so it's important for you to know when maybe I'm just being cynical, um, about our education system and and I might have my own misunderstandings and a whole lot of blind spots out there. It's important for you to know that because not having a, a traditional academic education means that I have some very serious gaps and some in some just basic understanding of of like oh what is a p value again and why is that important some stuff that that uh, that you're learning like 101 of uh of, of basic science courses basic uh data analytics courses things like that so um uh, that that's why i'm going to start doing these solo episodes and i've i hope that um you'll maybe send me some feedback and, and let me know a little more of, of what you'll be about, but they'll also allow me to maybe say, share my early childhood experience and then have um, on the following episode, um, some uh, childhood development person, maybe, maybe someone who um, uh, works with, uh, with, uh, researches say say juvenile chimps or something like that maybe someone who studies childhood development from uh from an evolutionary perspective or or someone who studies non-neurotypical children or or works with kids with autism is it you know something like that um so so that's the idea and so for this first one I just kind of wanted to give a general sense so this episode could be something that that uh, a first-time listener um, could could maybe get a sense of the show a little bit better and any long-time listeners um, will have uh, a, just a, a little more um, of what's going on behind the scenes. Because um, I kind of forget that uh, because this is um, a science show and often quite serious and 
and the intent of it isn't to be a, a, a comedy podcast, though we have laughs. I forget that a lot of people don't even know that I'm a comedian. A lot of people just are interested in science stuff, came across this because it came up and uh, got recommended because uh, the, they're interested in other um, science podcasts. Uh, that that that's happened before where i've been headlining a comedy club i'm the main act i'm the name on the marquee and someone uh comes up afterwards and is like oh i've listened to some of your episodes of your podcast and i didn't even know this was you that i was my my friends brought me here i didn't know until you were on stage and i i heard your voice i didn't even realize you're you were a, a comedian um uh, which I probably hadn't listened to that many episodes of, of this, if that's the case, um, because I often share some of my personal experiences. But the point is, is that uh, I sometimes forget, oh yeah, that not everyone <laughs> knows everything about, not everyone's heard my whole spiel on like, say Mark Maron did a, did a pretty good, introduction to who I am episode or whatever I've I've been on like say Pete Holmes or Duncan Trussell's podcast a number of times so so uh, so people from their podcasts that uh that kind of religiously listen to them might have a pretty good sense of 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 who I am but a lot of people might not so the here we are podcast it's a it's a science podcast uh, that I created to really just pursue my natural curiosities about, about life. What is the meaning of all of the, what is this experience? When we say that something is good or bad, what, what do we mean by that? When, when we, when we say the purpose of life is to, uh, get to heaven or to love one another or to, um, to raise a family or, or to, uh, serve your community, Th those sorts of things. Why, why do we say that? Why do we assume that's the purpose? Why, why do we come up with those ideas? The, the things that might seem very obvious, like why does sex feel good? A question that most people never even occurs to them to ask. If you ask someone why sex feels good, uh, it just does. Or why do you have sex? Because it feels good. And uh, uh, why why do you have f friends? Why why bother with with friends? Um, I mean, people might say, well, friends make life worth living, or. Or, or friends help you out. Or they help when you need to move furniture or whatever. But, but we're one of the few social <laughs> animals on Earth. A lot of species out there don't uh, don't busy themselves with friends. Have no interests in uh, in having friends. Very few species out there certainly care about other species. <laughs> Uh, or domesticate some other species. Um, so uh, you know, when when I when we ask a question like, why why do you like dogs? Um, I think a lot of the times the answer is just like, well, I just do. 
And that's simply not good enough for me. <laughs> that drives me crazy. That the answer of just like, well, this is the surface level perception. That's why I do a thing and no need to look into it further. Those are the sorts of things that have have driven me crazy for uh, for a lifetime that have have driven much of my uh, my curiosity in life. And part of why I didn't like school and education is because I, I didn't feel like I was getting satisfying answers to those questions. In fact, I, I, I oftentimes when in terms of, say, my religious upbringing, I, I, I felt that I wasn't able to even question things like what happens when you die or um, uh, or uh, what actually is evil or a sin and is it really a sin and and how do we uh, how, how do we define uh, that so these are these are the questions that I remember having from such an early age and for me science is um, the greatest tool that the greatest tool makers on earth have ever come up with. Uh, I haven't appreciated it my whole life. I, I've I've gained. Um, I didn't pay attention to science classes in in school. Uh, shortly after, you know, in in high school and and leading into um, becoming more of an independent adult, my natural curiosities um, from say the age of sixteen started heading toward uh, science, starting with um, technology, physics, leading into uh, evolution, where we came from, uh, the Big Bang, our place in the universe, where are we going? Um, uh, just kind of on the surface, it's, it started there. I, I started finding the answers that resonated with me there, and it just kept on uh, going. and and through my comedy career, early on, I just kept that interest separate. I went, I did my kind of absurdist um, uh, material, or maybe sometimes shock value-ish, or um, uh, material, or whatever, and, and it was really just about being funny for funny's sake, and through the course of my career, uh, I just had a harder time keeping these uh, these lives separate. My my pursuit of knowledge and understanding um, separate from my comedy until it eventually. Sometimes I barely even feel like a comedian anymore. I've been swallowed up by my obsession, <laughs> my yearning, my journey to uh, really understand consciousness itself and because as much as i would really love to understand as many different fields of, of study as possible um this consciousness is is kind of this thing that we're all living in and experiencing and at the end of the day we are in our own kind of center of our own universe of perception. Um, so, uh, 
even though we can intellectually know uh, that um, that we, we might be a but a speck of uh, of sand in this vast uh, universe or whatever. It, there's still no escaping that I don't have access necessarily to the information that's happening in, uh, in another uh, galaxy right now. And we're all kind of having to work with what, what we have. And we're living within that experience of, of perception and consciousness that we're in. And it's an infinite amount of each, each person's uh, life and, and perceptual experience of it, their conscious experience of life, is a kind of a universe onto itself and and so it doesn't matter if you if you live to be um uh, one or a hundred years old it, that's still all of your conscious experience in that time was all that there was for you in that universe and and so uh, being a bit of like a thrill seeker and an explorer and uh, someone who's traveled around and, and taken a bunch of chances and, and done this um, uh, you know, non-traditional path of kind of becoming a comedian, which is um, you know, just kind of a really crazy thing to get into, but also going and having uh, traveling around the world, um, doing a number of uh, uh, rebelling and 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 um, going against different social norms and experimenting with with different mind altering substances and and things like that. That I I can tell you at the end of the day, um, the exploration of consciousness is really the um the greatest adventure that i could really find myself uh being on and so i thought i'd share with you a little flashback to when this uh podcast happened um so i found an email that i wrote to my dear friends mike kaplan and zach sherwin are two um, hilarious comedians who are also um, quite musically inclined and also just sweet, lovely um, fellows that, that care deeply about making the world a better place. And, um, and I sent them, I, I had been, uh, I had been chatting with, with scientists for a few years at this point and forming some friendships within academia and feeling out what I how I wanted to pursue how I wanted to kind of mix comedy and science and and I recorded a couple episodes of here we are that hadn't been released yet and I wanted them to do the theme song and so I wrote to them um that uh let's see uh, I wrote the name of the podcast is here we are uh, the premise of the podcast is that I'm going around the country 
talking to scientists uh, about why we are here and what makes us who we are. I thought of the name because when I think about how we evolved and our purpose here, I often feel like we are chances misfits. We're just kind of plopped out into the world and left uh, to sort things out. Sometimes I get lost in awe thinking about this and the complexity of it all. And I think to myself, well, here we are. This might sound like a bummer to some, but to me, the randomness and chances of all of us getting to be alive makes me appreciate life more. The more I learn, the more I appreciate it. And so I sent them that email and then they wrote this lovely theme song that I think captures it quite well. Are we? Yes. Where are we? Here. Why are we here? Not entirely clear. We are misfits thrust into existence by random chance with no hints at all as to how we're supposed to make sense of it all. It's immensely bizarre. Here we are. So back at the beginning of the Here We Are podcast, it was really um, had to do with uh, my my kind of foundation, my, my starting point was really kind of evolutionary psychology and biology. Um, and, 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 and by the way, these aren't, I, I, I put very little stake in, um, in my understanding of, say, even what consciousness is when I say I'm, uh, I'm exploring consciousness. Um, but, uh, uh, but also I, I, I don't, um, because I really connected with those fields, it's not that I think that they're um, flaw-free or anything like that. Um, but that was the, the origin, the real obsession of mine at the time was looking at life, a re-examination of life and perception from a Darwinian um, point of view. So, um, so a lot of people kind of think about the the evolution uh, evolution as just like something that happened or it didn't, and that's all that you need to know about it. Uh, you you believe in evolution? Terrific! You're 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 one of these. Um, you're not denying science. Um, you're not one of these um, goofball creationists um, uh, that uh, f fell for uh, you know whatever the this organized religion um, uh, stuff or whatever. Uh, you know, so it's like there there's this debate. What was it? Evolution or creation? And like, okay, I believe in evolution and done. And or or people see the see like the evolution chart of of a uh, uh, of uh, you know like a, a monkey solely through evolution standing upright and then you go wow so evolution made us stand upright cool we stand upright now all right now back i'm getting on with my day you know uh, but 
I'll, I would say a lot of people um, don't realize how much evolution um, factors into our life, our, our sense of purpose, um, what makes us who we are, uh, the decisions that we make, the reason why you connect to some of the things that I'm saying, the reason why I am, um, uh, uh, why, why I am uh, interested in these topics uh, that we're talking about right now. All, all of these things have underlying um, evolutionary underpinnings. So the reason why you're attracted to someone, why you might be more attracted to say a symmetrical face than an asymmetrical face, for example. Um, the the reason why uh, uh, why you value money or spend money in the way that you do, the reason why you might um, uh, spend what seems like an irrational amount of money on a date um, uh, uh, might actually be a rather small investment um, compared to uh, when when measured through the evolutionary lens of of perhaps um, uh, what it what it, that date might mean in terms of leading to offspring or a family and your genes actually uh, perpetuating through time and so the ways in which evolution shaped our brains, the ways in which it shaped our perception, why we um, say value uh, or, or, or put so much stock in um, say visual things or this language stuff and less so um, although we, we are impacted by uh, by hormones in our in our sense of smell um, uh, it's we uh, uh, we use a lot less of that kind of olfactory perception to navigate our world so so why is that and to understand that is to understand the nature of uh, reality that we find ourselves in and so when I started kind of looking at life this way it just changed the way that I saw every single thing it changed the way that I saw people behaving on the news um, when uh, what we value when when we um, see a movie and and there's the the hero, the good guy, and the bad guy doing this and that. Um, why, why we value sports so much? Why we, why we have religion? Why, why we have this propensity to uh, believe in this, this higher power and uh, and that sort of thing is so fundamental. to understanding our perception and what what drives us and yeah i'm i'm not a i'm not a motivational um speaker 
if anything, I'm probably a little toward the cynical side. I'm a little toward the dark side of things. Um, you know, I, I find myself just almost pathologically asking, what is the point of any of it? Why, why keep going up? Like, I, I, I've certainly had lots of periods of time in my life when, when I've struggled to get out of bed and I'm not, uh, and I'm not here to be, uh, be a cheerleader, um, is another thing that like, I kind of, uh, I kind of enjoy, um, the darkness. I love a good existential crisis. Um, it, it sometimes feels a lot more real to me than, um, than the sloganeering of just believe in yourself and, and these, these little platitudes and, uh, uh, little quips that uh, we share on social media or or uh, plaster around our house and and just like yeah <laughs> I today I am going to seize the day um, you know so I I uh, and and that's not to go I believe the other way can can be equally delusional to just give up and think that there's no hope or um or to feel helpless or whatever uh but the reason why i say all this is is because i do think that learning about some of these basic um underlying mechanisms in life can make it can help you shape or at least understand uh, your life better. And through understanding, you can perhaps figure out exactly what it is that you want to get out of and, uh, out of this short existence here and why. So you might think, well, love, love is the answer to everything. And love connects us all. And if we just had love, and if everyone loved each other, wouldn't that be terrific? Wouldn't the world be a better place? Well, I'd ask why aren't other species um, that are doing quite well, uh, seemingly, um, you know, having this kind of social experience of love in the way that we uh, talk about it in a love song, um, for example. And, and I would say that love is an emotional driver. It, it evolved to, uh, to drive us um, toward, ultimately, the survival of our of our genes and to know that your genes is this was this rather blind process your genes don't really care about you you don't really care about your genes because how could you your, your genes don't have the capacity um, to care about you you could learn enough and care about your genes but at the end of the day do you care if your genes exist a million years from now or do you want to make this experience um, more meaningful um, and and easier for you? Maybe eliminate suffering. And so, so it might seem like at first that this is 
this is some attack on love. That, that's often I, I, the sense that I feel uh, from people is that, is that science is like, uh, th- there's often a defense um, uh, of, uh, of, of sciences. Uh, you, you know, you don't want to, uh, don't, don't dissect the frog. If you want to understand humor, don't dissect the frog, right? Uh, that sort of thing, or or uh, you're making everything like too sterile, or or something like that. But to me, if love is that important to you, then understanding what it's about could potentially help you understand how to get more of it, how to understand why love is sometimes a frustrating thing, why why um, you might love someone else, they don't love you, why you can love something for a while and then lose interest, why there's all of these different conflicting, um, is, is love and hate, are these the opposite things? Understanding um, what's going on in the brain from a, a from a neuroscience point of view? Understanding some of the evolutionary underpinnings that um, that say created love is is to me to um, not just understand love, perhaps get more of it, and but it's also to have the full experience or, or a fuller experience of this. Uh, existence. It's it's to um, live within um, r- the reality that does exist and live the fullest life based on not just um, a nice little story that we tell ourselves to keep uh, going, but to keep going in pursuit of what is the real story, what is the truth, and how can we use that to um, potentially benefit our uh, our lives? So that that's sort of the take that I had early on um, was that Darwinian theory was this underrepresented, under talked about, or uh, yeah, underappreciated um, perception, and if people understood it better, I do believe that the world would be a better place. Because all of the things that you don't like in life, you want to understand what role evolution had in driving those things as well, and driving, say, murder or violence or cheating or stealing or what have you these these things that we deem to be um bad certain pain i i would prefer to uh you know not experience a whole lot of pain (laughs) in my life uh if i can avoid some of it but to understand what pain evolved for and and how uh and to appreciate um, pain, and to appreciate how pain can sometimes keep you safe. So those aspects of of pain can actually lead to you experiencing 
a longer, fuller life than if you couldn't feel pain. Um, you know, you, you you'd probably be dead by now. And so, to understand that also helps understand some of these um, negative experiences that we have. Understanding things like anxiety. Um, uh, for example, rather than just getting swept away in it or trying to avoid it, uh, really uh, in conjunction with just mindfulness and bringing a curiosity to it and an exploration to it, I think it leads to living a better life. So, in looking at life through this evolutionary lens, that led me to see all sorts of gaps within my knowledge and within the field of, say, evolutionary psychology, which is if I wanted to have a clearer lens of the reality of life, I would need to start learning a bit more about neuroscience. I would need to start learning um, a bit more about, say, economics or, or um, uh, biology, or I would I would need to uh, hear some takes on modern sociology, and so it just kind of expanded from there. That was the foundation, and then everything expanded. It's mostly just kind of seeing the gaps in my knowledge that I think would, and there's infinite uh, numbers of gaps and infinite numbers of of fields that I could explore in understanding which ones are probably the most worth uh, pursuing and educating myself uh, on. So, and which ones I'm just the most interested in. And so a lot of times people might say, have heard me talk on another podcast um, or um, and, and, and been like, oh, cool, you know, the, this guy has some, like, interesting takes on life, uh, talks about these big ideas in some novel ways, shares a few fun science studies, made me think a little bit more than, say, the uh, average um, um, podcast where uh we're just like sitting around sharing drinking stories or whatever. Also very valid source of entertainment. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I've, I've got attention from that. And then, and then, and then sometimes people might go, well, I'm going to check this podcast out and, and find that, um, that maybe they're not uh, look at it hear hear me talk about meaning and purpose in life and these biases that, and, and, um, you know, spin this cool narrative, um, or, or share my interpretation of a psychedelic experience or something like that and want to know more. And they might look and they might think, well, I'm not interested in these topics that, uh, that, that he's exploring. I'm not interested in, um, and, uh, say, uh, childhood stress contagion or, or or something like that i just want to hear that meaning of life stuff again or 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 maybe you hear uh, uh it, people often like hearing me talk about science 
and and maybe they find some of the academics um, a hair too dry or maybe a little too jargony or just don't relate to a, a, a given field. And first of all, I get that. Um, but I, I also want to say that that's part of, these are just filling in when you see something like that, when when you see when you see uh, that I'm exploring something that might seem kind of reductionist or or maybe as as just like exploring a a, a fun little curiosity, uh, it is the ultimate goal is to pursue um, what this what this life is about, and I I think a lot of times people. One unfairly think of science as more boring than it is. Although, you know, my what I my exploration of science is certainly a lot more exciting than um, than scientists sometimes just having to like write write grants or like the day to day life um, sort of stuff or or mull through uh, data and and even reading. Um, science books it, stuff can be boring sometimes some of the classes that i that i take can be boring and it's all for for a time you know i i don't read a science book just expecting every uh, like a real page turner every paragraph like whoa what's gonna happen next um a lot of it for me is just sitting with the experience of emerging, uh, Im immersing myself in science and then waiting. And once in a while, there's just this epiphany where like, oh my God, I just found out I may have been sleeping wrong my whole life. What? Or, or I, 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 um, think of uh, uh like a, a good example here's a non um science example that will maybe help resonate I've, I've shared this aesop rock is one of my favorite um rappers not aesop rocky aesop rock and he's uh a bit of a hermit and and pressed uh, raps a lot about those things um has incredible vocabulary and speaks in these metaphors very sometimes pretty difficult challenging to follow and i was listening one day and i heard him talk about being young and and uh not being into like traditional sports instead being into um skateboarding and and kind of these individual extreme sports or whatever and i kind of identify with that and i heard him say something like uh, or I, I heard him say this lyric. Um, I'd like to say it was because I was a rebel, but truthfully, it's easier to say, oh, hell, than say, oh, hello. And so you hear a powerful lyric like that, which for a lot of people might not write. But for me, it was like, <gasps> all of these past experiences uh, uh, that I all of a sudden came rushing to the surface that I relived. Um, and like, oh my gosh, that's what I, that's what I did wrong. I th I thought that I was, you know, I, I was being stubborn that whole time or insecure that whole time that I, that I thought I was like being a cool guy by, by, uh, um, 
going against the grain or carving out my own path and and it made me kind of reevaluate some of my choices in life and rethink some of my future choices and how I relate how I want to relate to people going forward and I have that experience with science all the time and so when I think like oh science is boring like well it certainly can be is it you know much of it's much of it's like to me I'm I am chasing the next epiphany in an epiphany uh, being able to walk outside having learned something that makes you see the world completely differently I mean I I've traveled and I've been to um, you know some foreign country having some cultural experience that is really um, no jarring or novel or different than just learning some completely new concept about say cognitive biases and then walking outside or turning on the news or whatever in seeing all of these same interactions that you've seen your whole life um, completely differently and and so it's funny as someone who had success in traditional comedy I did you know sometimes people that aren't into science look at it as like this weird nerdy little endeavor that I'm on of, of like uh, you know like people think of science as like Mr. Wizard stuff like I'm like I'm sitting around um, making little uh, homemade volcanoes or 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 something her or using like different food dye colors to uh, <laughs> to like uh, oh red and blue makes purple like that's what I'm sitting around doing at home because that is uh, unfortunately some of the science that's what kind of science class was uh, was like and and people don't realize like uh, well why why am i do i'm not abandoning um comedy for my pursuit in in science these are these are one and the same uh, comedy and science are doing the same they're they're trying to um uh, observe and articulate uh these aspects of life these parts of the human conditions that are um that are uh, that a lot of us are just walking by each day this is what observational humor is and so you know someone might be like well i you know i i liked i i, I don't want to hear about say in insect research i don't care that much about insect re i just want to hear why don't you do like goofy jokes about um about truck commercials more more stuff like that and although i still do tell goofy jokes but those those things just don't uh, uh, some of that stuff might um might stick with you but i also can now use my humor to really examine life and something like a a truck commercial was really just me trying to articulate an aspect of uh, the human experience, um, for example, how a lot of uh, 
uh, men try to advertise how tough they are and it's really based in like these these kind of absurd um uh, uh, uh insecurities and it really looks uh, just absolutely ridiculous the very thing that uh, that you think is making you look like tough or manly is 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 to me making uh, you look absolutely absurd and part of how i uh, arrive at that observation is by viewing all of us, including myself, like primates and kind of detaching and putting an anthropologist hat on, looking at life from an alien anthropologist um, point of view. So when someone says, well, why would I care about insects? For example, I, I had an insect episode recently. I say one. I agree with that. Like I, I'm totally with you. I also like. There's aspects of science that I'm not interested in, or I don't resonate with. Like I've only had like one or two geologists on the show. It will take me a lot to learn geology. It doesn't. I don't naturally. I have a, a geologist friend who. I go on hiking with him and he points out like how um, say a certain cliff or something w was formed um, over time or this and that mineral. It's fascinating and I, I usually don't retain uh, much of it. And so I don't, I don't blame people for also, um, you know, not resonating with this or that. Um, episode but i also know that it's part of just um like i said immersing yourself in science in the way that you would immerse yourself in um in traveling to another country to learn a new language would be um uh, the the best way to learn that language you can sit and study it and everything else but to immerse yourself in it and that's what i'm trying to do with my show is so to hear that scientists are always like qualifying everything they say and and second guessing themselves and and thinking about oh, well but this other angle and and uh dismissing some of uh, of their their past understanding um and uh, looking for the ways in which they are wrong about things, which is this completely different experience than what a lot of um, the general population, uh, just how incredibly difficult it is to get anyone to not just admit that they're wrong, but to admit that they might not know everything is, uh, is, is, you know, refreshing to hear. Um, uh, scientists talk in this way, but it helps me uh, learn and understand scientific thinking. And so I might say, have an entomologist on talking about this and that bug part and these different wings are on the, this species. And here's the, here's the Latin name of this species. And it kind of, you know, a lot of it goes over my head, but I think that there's a natural resistance um, to that. I think that at first you hear a word you don't know, or you hear like some jargony stuff like that, and you think like, ah, well, I'm not one. I'm not going to remember that. So why am I listening to? And 
Instead, what I do is I just try to get a sense of what they're saying and what some of these underlying mechanisms are. And so, so when someone says like, and by the way, I'm, I'm only using insects as an example. I had an insect episode recently and it was really enjoyable. It's fresh on my mind. It's not like I was getting, uh, this isn't to say that I was like, uh, that I'm dealing with this a lot of like, why do you care about this stuff? But, but this is just to share that, um, you know, I've also had some of these same feelings in my approach to learning and understanding things more and, and certainly in my upbringing and my own in, lack of interest in science class. Um, but, but I use insects because, uh, uh, also because it's a subject that, that isn't a huge, um, interest of mine. I don't know a lot about insects. Um, I've read like a book or two about insects. I've seen a couple insects in documentaries. I've had some guests on talking about insects, but I'm, I'm never like, guys, you gotta hear about insects. <laughs> but the reason why one should value um, learning about insects, whether or not you pursue that or not, is not just because of things like um, understanding that that uh, that social um, insects are uh, have have their own disease avoidance, um, and and knowing more about that can help understand how humans can manage their own. Um, uh, Vi uh, viral threats, bacterial threats, uh, knowing how ants or other social insects um, avoid their own epidemics can help us improve ours. Um, knowing how uh, the impact, things that impact bees um, and the extinction of, of of bees, for example, um, or the threat of extinction of bees, that, that could be uh, uh, the collapse of human civilization as we know it. And so, you know, there, uh, not to mention medicines and things like that that can potentially be understood from uh, learning about insects, but more importantly, what you can learn is these underlying principles that drive everything. Uh, we, we can see our own social patterns through seeing other social species. We can think about how we see things compared to how uh, a fly or some other insect sees things. Okay, cool. We we walk standing upright. Neat. Why don't we have eight legs? Sure would be nice to have eight legs, right? It would. No one would argue it'd be nice to have wings. I I would love to be uh, zipping around, and and so why? What kind of different evolutionary pressures led? 
to that life and led to ours and and to uh, help us free ourselves from the kind of human exceptionalism that gets in the way of understanding ourselves, our misunderstanding that we are somehow the pinnacle of evolution um, helps us understand that uh, what we are actually, what our niche is. Like, for example, we are fantastic tool makers and, and tool users. So, okay, I'm I'm a, I'm a species that's better at tool use than other species. So I should probably use tools then, since that's my niche. And what's the greatest tool that there is? Is that is science, I believe. And so to not be, that's the greatest tool so far uh, for its many imperfections that, um, that the greatest tool users have ever wielded. So to me, to not use it would be like a cheetah that's like, yeah, I'm not going to sprint. I'll just kind of jog like everything else uh, does. So to be, to, to be uh, the greatest tool uh, uh, maker on and uh, and tool user um, out of any other species on earth and then to be within that using the greatest tool the greatest tool users have ever adapted I think is to be living uh, your life to its fullest I, I believe it's to um, be realizing uh, the fullness of the human potential um, as we as we know it uh, today and and so and also I don't need to uh, the average person doesn't need to learn what's interesting about insects the average person was already interested in insects when you were a little kid Yes, you might have been horrified by insects, which is also interesting and worth understanding why, what evolutionary pressures led to um, that avoidance of insects. But you, um, it, it, you probably, you know, wanted to catch a butterfly and look at it or looked at ants or whatever. You had a natural curiosity for insects. So I would say that you don't need to learn to appreciate something like insects. You have unlearned your appreciation for insects. So there's, uh, why is that? Is there something in our current education system um, and model that uh, has us uh, uh, unlearning our natural curiosity? Or is it more benign than that? Is it just that you eventually hit puberty or whatever, you get interested in the opposite sex, you, you take on these, these new things, 
um, and and you you just lose sight of or or you you're not going to benefit as much from sitting around looking at every anthill that you see uh, when you're 40 years old or whatever. But the uh, the point is is that there is a natural curiosity to understand within us and um, whatever it is where we're instead just valuing kind of a passive entertainment experience of just like seeing the next CGI effects in action movies or whatever that, that we we need to see like a slightly more graphic scene or a bigger explosion that that to me it has has nothing on on uh just exploring just sitting and thinking and exploring our natural curiosities so the reason why you would need to know something about insects is to understand why do we like the things that we do i'm uh i avoid feces like every other human on earth we evolved to avoid feces seems very clear feces bad stay away from it don't like the way it smells probably not touching the stuff if we can uh, uh, at all avoid it and certainly trying to keep it pretty clear from our mouths seems pretty straightforward this is what we call common sense but what is common sense about is it because feces is inherently bad uh, like um, like the way we would talk about sin or evil or something or is this just an evolved um, preference, a heuristic that we have that helped our survival um, by avoiding this stuff? Because looking at, say, a dung beetle can help you uh, see things a lot differently because from a dung beetle's point of view, dung is it's everything. There's species that don't just eat it, or roll it around in this in this fun ball, um, but they they might see a big piece of dung. This is going to be their home. This is how they pick up chicks. This, this is uh, this is their Playboy Mansion. This is where they're raising their offspring. This is their everything. Think about everything you value in life. Think about your hopes and dreams. Think about like, wow, if I could maybe own a yacht or find that perfect someone for me or, uh, or, or that, that, that Michelin four-star meal or, or whatever, the, the best meal of your life. That's the same way that a dung beetle looks at the same big old pile of dung that you're avoiding that you want to avoid stepping in you you don't want to get near if you smell it from afar you'd prefer to get away from it and that's an exceptionally important lesson uh in life 
And so when I say things like, hey, look at this damsel fly penis. Look at this weird thing. Here's my uh, my favorite penis in, in, uh, in the kind of insect and animal kingdom. Uh, the, this thing, it, it rolls out. It has these forceps and uh, this guy, the, the females in the damsel fly species are, uh, uh, have, have a lot of, um, uh, uh, have a lot of, uh, uh, they mate with a number of different males is, uh, one of the strategies that they've evolved, um, to, uh, to have the, uh, the most or the highest quality offspring and, all of this and, and there's all of these evolutionary pressures and uh, episode one of the here we are podcast i shared one of my favorite quotes which is the egg is or the chicken is just the egg's way of making another egg meaning all of this that's been created all of our behavior really at the end of the day was just this way that genes have stumbled on to keep making copies of themselves to keep growing in their in their uh in their blind kind of as they're stumbling towards uh perhaps immortality what kind of pressures were there uh to uh, replicate more than another species what kind of pressures were there between host and parasite uh, what kind of pressures between males and females once once sexes uh, evolved 1.2 billion years ago? Why wasn't there males and females before that for uh, for billions of years? These are the questions that lead to an examination of life as we know it now. These jokes about like boy men and women are sure are different aren't they why those jokes uh, uh, the underpinnings of those jokes are in evolutionary pressures in these underlying biological mechanisms that shape who uh, who we are and not only seeing a damsel fly penis that this guy has like these forceps and has to go in and scoop out a bunch of other guys sperm first to blow his own wad in there to uh, and hopefully more sperm and a sperm of certain qualities that win this uh, sperm competition before in a given species maybe plus a bit of cement in there to to plug uh, the female up so that other guys are gonna have a struggle to get their own sperm to her eggs and her choice in these matters and how many males she's uh, she's driven to uh, uh, to mate with and all all of these things are the same principles uh, that underlie life itself to understand the damsel fly penis is to understand life itself to understand why we have relationship conflicts and so when people say why do why should i care about 
something like insects or say a damsel fly penis it almost it almost sounds like um uh it, you know like pursuing pursuing these um these trivial subjects it's almost like i'm like have a podcast obsessing over my bottle cap collection or or something like that but this is actually the pursuit of knowledge what this reality is about and and i know that people care because i know that people care about the titanic in this love story that happens in this famous scene where they're holding one another and there's this beautiful song and every love song that you've connected to is basically just this it is the damsel fly penis it's basically the same what leonardo dicaprio is acting and pretending to be doing the thing that you're attaching to is the same sort of mating effort that that damsel fly is doing <laughs> and only the damsel fly is real and it's more interesting than the fiction created that millions of people pay money and see and remember and this scene is and that's not to dismiss art and metaphors or any, anything else is just to appreciate actual uh a reality and so i i would i would say that not only is it a better way and more useful to say learn something about that seems as trivial uh, as a damn cell fly penis um but it's far more useful because that scene in the Titanic is hopefully never happening to you. But a romantic scene like that in, in those romance but you are usually being uh, uh, misled. It, it, when, you, when you worship whatever your uh, sports hero is or whatever, and, and, or the action star or, or whatever, you're, you're usually creating a fiction that one is fiction you're never going to be able to jump that far or whatever it's it's outside of reality and even if you could it probably wouldn't be all it's cracked up to be uh in the movies and whereas to understand the damsel fly penis is to be able to detach to be able to have an alien anthropologist point of view that helps you understand yourself more and i know people care about other life because people are out there trying to find bigfoot and talking about extraterrestrials is there other life on this planet uh, outside of this planet of course there is somewhere but at the end of the day who cares you you're you're usually uh, there's an alien pestering uh, there there's a fly uh, that you that you're trying to smack away from your ear right now that's at least as interesting as any alien in any movie and so why why is it that we 
only seem to care about fictional aliens that are that are just kind of like us, you know, same sort of body, maybe slightly different colored, like a green skin, maybe a slightly bigger brain, because our brains are great. We have the bigger the brain, the better. And and boy, some something something out there smarter than humans. Well, they'd probably think. A, much in the same way that we do, only slightly better. They must be roughly our size, something something superior to us. They must use modes of transportation that are like slightly the similar to modes of transportation, planes and cars and stuff that I'm familiar with, only better. And that's uh, that's the uh, 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 that's that's what some superior alien species would just like like humans just like slightly different there's aliens that you've smashed with the fly swatter that's not to say any you know do what you want i'm just saying that you could you could actually learn and study that fly and within that go on a fascinating journey of understanding and and through it learn more about yourself learn more about your very survival and and make your life better and lead to more interesting conversations in your everyday life rather than just talking about sports and uh and the weather and so if that's how much i care about a field of academic study <laughs> that i don't really care that much about <laughs> that that's my uh, that's my spiel about how much one should care about insects a thing that i could uh, maybe one in every hundred episodes or or so uh, that's not true I, I guess we've maybe had uh close to 10 episodes out of 300 on insects uh but that's how much can be learned um from from just one little aspect of science and i use that as an example because that's literally what we're doing it might not seem like that in every episode but learning having to sit uh, uh, and and hear some of these disciplines because sometimes i don't know what i'm doing talking with this person I, i'm okay this person studies fish hearing all right i don't know anything about that i don't know what i'm doing I don't have anything to say. I hope I come up with enough questions. It's scary. It's intimidating. And I go and do it. And then I find out, holy crap, this person's using fish hearing the hair cells that regenerate in a, a fish where humans hair cells they they don't but once they're damaged, they don't come back. That's why we lose our hearing over time. And this woman's trying to sort out what we can learn from fish cells to restore human hearing. Holy crap! 
how is this not the front page of every newspaper? Why am I the only person talking to this? For Why am I just now finding out about this? It blows my mind. And so this isn't me saying, here's what's important about my podcast and everyone listen to every one of my podcasts and tell everyone you know about my podcast and subscribe and and leave comments and write wonderful reviews on iTunes and Stitcher and and uh, and uh, that sort of thing and tell everyone you can and use these fun facts in in your conversations uh, th- this isn't why you should listen to the here we are podcast this is why you should be curious about life. This is why you should, if you aren't into my style, I hope that you find uh, another um, few science, but try a bunch of other science podcasts and see, uh, because I think it's going to go a lot further than us spinning our wheels about the same political conversations over and over and over again the the things that at the end of the day is saying hey it is important to gain information about life but uh, a lot of the stuff on the news is just a misunderstanding of what life is about and what is actually going to help us make the most sense of life so i hope you watch some David Attenborough documentaries or check out some uh, science documentaries, maybe support some science uh, shows or, or um, the Discovery Channel, uh, things like that. And I, I wanted you to know um, just a little bit more about what science means to me and what my um, pursuit of science is. And so I'll be doing some solo episodes like this from time to time, starting from my early childhood on through like uh, middle school when I really despised school to high school when I um, uh, when I when I started uh, having bigger philosophical conversations finally uh, with people when I when I started experimenting with mind-altering substances which which led to uh, me uh, becoming more and more passionate about trying to understand the brain the human mind consciousness perception um, and, uh, and 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 then I'll I'll eventually I'll talk about my uh my comedy career which which went from um kind of this big childhood dream to a dream come true to something that i ultimately just started kind of using as a vehicle to um for exploration uh just a way of funding my my pursuit of of knowledge and information and as a a platform for um, for sharing the things that I'm, uh, that I'm learning and, and how I got into pursuing this, um, podcast in the first place. 
and uh, and what I've learned along the way, and this will be a good way um, for me to also do some Q and A's and to answer questions. So, if you didn't like this episode, cheers! If you like all the other episodes and you're not in the solo episode, awesome! Now you know. And you can avoid those other ones. Like I said, this will just be a bonus one. And if you liked this and uh, you eventually want more things like this, one of the awesome things that now that there's we're in quarantine um, and we're able to... Uh, now I, I've been... I, I've taken this opportunity to uh, add video um, uh, since I have to do these things remotely now anyway, uh, and now have started a YouTube channel, which I didn't have before quarantine, and I'm still, uh, you know, fi figuring out how to do, um, right, and, um, uh, but making a lot of progress, and learning so much, but one of the great things that's coming along with it is the ability to make different playlists. So I'll be able to have a playlist of, of just my solo episodes. I, I really want to work toward having a playlist of uh, biology um, or evolutionary psychology, a playlist of mating behavior, and uh, finally have this way of, of creating all of these different categories and even though I don't have that many, it's episode 300, but I've only been doing the videos since um, quarantine, I will continue even once I'm traveling again and going to academics. That's when the fun's really going to begin because I'm going to start filming those so that you can see, um, you know, these academics offices, maybe some, uh, a few minutes of me taking a tour of their lab or, or and, and some of the uh, behind the scenes stuff and, and the research, some of the cool tours that I, uh, that I get to go on in this journey. And so, um, th these are, these are some of the possibilities that I'm, uh, uh, that I'm pursuing and exploring, always looking for feedback. Uh, like I said, YouTube's brand new. So I, I know a lot of you listening right now. Thank you for the years of support. Um, if any of you have the inclination to, hop over to check out the YouTube channel if, if you, uh, if you want to watch some, um, and see everyone's different. The audio is going to be so much better for a lot of people who listen when, you know, a lot of people are listening when they're driving in their car or when they're, um, you know, working at, uh, in like a shipping receiving or, or, or something like that. Um, but I know some of you are going to benefit from, um, watching this as well and getting to see our our facial expressions and to see, say, Barrett Klein um, talk uh, the most enthusiastically about insects <laughs> that you'll ever hear. Um, and I, uh, I just want to thank you guys so much for checking out what I do because doing 300 episodes of this. I hope that you've uh, learned a lot. I've learned so much. So much of it drops right out of my head as soon as the interview is over. But, uh, but more importantly, 
just every episode I get a few little nuggets here and there and it over time just continues to shape my uh, uh, the way in which I conceptualize life and process information and gain knowledge and pursue um, a uh, more interesting life for myself. So thanks for watching and listening. You guys are amazing. Those of you that watch and listen all the way to the end, you are, of course, my favorites.